Let's have a time of prayer together. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I give you thanks and praise for your servants who listen to you. I give you thanks and praise for all who receive your word. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for all those who are seeking to know you, even when they don't know it. Thank you that our hearts search until they find rest in you. This we pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. In this new year, one of the things that we're going to be doing is a sermon series called The Way. And what we're doing is we're walking through several different stages, several different steps on what we call our adult growth map or our soul business map. We have two different names for it. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through seeking and then we're going to have a sermon on believing and then on following and then on leading. And today I'm going to start this sermon series off by as we talk about seeking, okay, seeking. Um, one of the things is you might be a person who's seeking if, you, uh, if you're just wondering who this Jesus is. Who, who is this Jesus? Maybe you don't even know who Jesus is, but you've, you came here today, you, you tuned in today in just the hopes of starting a new year, a new you. Let's, let's continue thinking about this. Um, the idea of seeking, the idea of seeking for something greater, it's, it's found very traditionally, it's found very deep within the story of the Bible itself. In fact, um, when you think about the idea of seeking, um, we have that happen all over in the, in the course of our lives. Um, on a light note, a couple weeks ago, I, I dropped my cell phone into a snowbank a deep, powdery snowbank. Like, like the snow, it went from whatever was on top all the way down to about 16 inches of snow. And I didn't know it right away. I noticed it about five minutes later and I began to panic and try to figure out what to do. And I thought, I know what to do. I will use my smartwatch to find my cell phone. My, my smartwatch was 95 miles away. Not on my wrist where it's supposed to be. So I'm really starting to panic. And I'm like, you know what? I can find this on Google. So I went to my parents' house, which is about two, 300 yards away. And I tried to log into Google. And then it said, please verify on your phone. <laughs> so I called up my wife. I said, my, my, my watch is on the dresser. Would you hit the little icon? And, and she did. And, and, and then I, I ran back 400 yards and I started digging through the snow as I heard it mercilessly ringing. I couldn't imagine what relief when I plucked that icy cold phone out of the snowbank. I now had this device again that rules my entire life. <laughs> seeking, seeking. You know, we, we seek for our wallets, we seek for our car keys, we seek for our cell phones. But all of those things, as wonderful it is when we go to find them, they're not satisfying. Today, what you heard read to you from the book of Acts is about a man who was seeking. And what he found made his heart rejoice. Let's take a look at that text. I, I, this is such a deep and rich text. I, I think we should hear this again and again. I think we need to go super deep. Uh, here it begins. Here the story begins. Now an angel of the Lord. You just stop right there. 
You just stop right there and pause, an angel of the Lord. This was an event. This is an event like when the angel of the Lord visited Abraham and Sarah and told them that they're going to have a baby when they were well past the age of having a child. I mean, this is an event coming up. This is like an angel of the Lord appearing to Mary and saying, fear not for the Lord God is with you. This is like an angel of the Lord appearing to, to Joseph. Take Mary to be your wife. This is of the Holy Spirit. It's not, she's not cheating on you. This is an event. event. And he said to Philip, okay, now, now I know a lot of you are going, who's Philip? It's okay if you don't know who Philip is. I, I want to talk to you about who Philip is. The early church is getting off the ground and it's doing incredibly well. Um, Jesus has given his Holy Spirit to the church and Jesus has ascended into heaven. And now the church is growing by leaps and bounds. Person after person is coming to faith in Jesus, some by the thou sometimes by the thousands of people. And in the process of that, they know that they need some additional leadership. And so they find seven individuals, they find seven men, and, and, and Philip is one of those men, and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's one of the qualifications. They knew he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's a devout believer. He, he's giving everything he's got for the sake of the gospel. And shortly after he is raised up to this position of leadership, sometimes we call him that a deacon. It was the, the traditional way it's put in, in, in the book of Acts. Shortly after that, the church begins to suffer from persecution. And it begins to scatter. And Philip finds himself just outside of Jerusalem, the, the area of Jerusalem. He finds himself in Samaria. And he doesn't allow the persecution to stop him from sharing the good news of Jesus. In fact, he uses it. He uses it. He is going off and he's preaching to all of these little towns that are out there. He's, listening, he's preaching to the people that are there. He's telling them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden we meet him. We, we meet him again. He's, he's up in Samaria, as near as we can tell. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go to the south road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Geographically, we're, we're talking, he needs to go from the north to the south. This isn't like me saying, would you go pick up a few more donuts over at Hornbacher's? This is an event. This is another trip. And so he does. Again, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And let's be frank, it's an angel talking to him. Angels aren't these nice little, cute little critters. They have like six wings and eyes all over them. You're gonna listen. He gets moving. And he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. You need to stop there and, and to realize who he's beginning to have a conversation with. One, he, this gentleman is from Ethiopia, Africa. He's a foreigner. This is already somewhat strange that he's even in the area, but he is. 
And he is going to now have a conversation with them. The second thing is he is a eunuch. And, and I really don't want to explain this to you folks. But he's had a surgery, either by choice or it's been forced upon him. And that particular surgery does something. It does something when it comes to what, what everything else that, that happens here in, in, the, in, in the context of this story. Um, He's had this surgery. He's an important official in charge of the treasury of the the queen of the Ethiopians. And the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. There's a couple things that would have prevented him from worshiping to the fullest extent in Jerusalem. The first is he's an Ethiopian. You don't get into certain parts of the temple. The second thing is he's a eunuch. They did not want him, one, in Jerusalem, and they didn't want him also Certainly not in the temple. He had gone to Jerusalem, and if you read the Old Testament, you know this, they didn't want him there. And somehow, probably because he's got access to the treasury, he comes walking away with a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he still begins and continues to seek God. Think about that. Most likely he's been rejected. Most likely he's got himself a scroll of of the prophet Isaiah through some sort of strange means that cost him a lot of money, and now he is traveling back, back home, trying to figure out who this God is that he's trying to worship. And on his way home, he's sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Can you imagine this? Again, this is a struggle. There's no shocks. But he's trying. And the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay with us. Think about what what Philip had to do. This chariot is moving. I don't know exactly how fast it was moving, but he had to move and keep up with it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. (laughs) And he's like, do you understand what you were reading, Philip asked. I love the boldness of that question because this is not a question that any one of us would dare ask anyone else, right? Do you understand what you're actually reading? We're too polite. He's bold. Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come in and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. By the grace of God, he's reading the holy word of God as it points to Jesus. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And, and as a lamb is silent before, it, before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself? someone else. And Philip knows. And Philip knows exactly what he's supposed to do. 
And he began at that very passage of scripture to tell him and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip started teaching this man uh, about the good news of Jesus Christ by first talking about the cross. I can only imagine that the conversation began to go like this. The one you're talking, the one the prophet is talking about, the one that you are reading about, his name is Jesus. And not too long ago, just, just a little while ago, he was crucified. He, he, went to, he went to Jerusalem and he was crucified for, for our sake. He went there because we have sinned, because we have his heart that's searching for God. He went there to show us just how much God has been searching for us. And, and, and this Jesus, as he was crucified, he died. He, he was dead, dead, dead. They put a spear through him just to make certain he was dead. And they put him in the tomb. He said, and here's the miracle. Here's why I'm with you today. He's not dead anymore. He rose. On the third day, some of us went to the tomb to finish the burial. Some of us went there just to grieve. And what happened was the stone was rolled away and his body was not there. This wasn't grave robbery because then we saw him alive and breathing. We saw him that very day. He was in a room with, with, with many of us, with many of the people. And then, and then he appeared to more and more and more of us. We've seen him. He's gone back to heaven, but he didn't leave us alone. He gave us his Holy Spirit, and that's why I'm with you today. I want you to believe. I want you to believe this, that he died, that he was led to, to slaughter for you so that your sins would be forgiven, so that you can fully worship God, so that your heart can rest in him. I think that was Philip's sermon to the Ethiopian. And it's certainly my sermon for you. That you would hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's been raised from the dead. And he promises you everlasting eternal life. As they traveled along the road, they came to water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders, and he gave orders to stop the chariot and both Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. If you're a person who's seeking, I want you to hear the good news and I want you to rejoice in what Jesus Christ has done for you and for the sake of the whole world. If you feel like something has been done to you, if you feel like you've done something, if you feel like you are lacking, that you feel like you cannot approach God, here's what I want you to know, that your feelings and that your thoughts are wrong because God loves you. God loves you just the way you are. And God wants you to know this Jesus. God wants you to know the forgiveness of sins in him. God wants you to know the promise of the resurrection. 
you turned, tuned in this morning, if, you, if you're here because you thought this was a great way to start the new year, you are absolutely right. And the next steps for you in faith are this. Keep asking questions. I love the Ethiopian eunuch because he asks questions. In his search, he, he doesn't stop. He's, he's relentless with them. Keep asking questions. Have an open mind, an open heart. Be humbled. And know that God and Jesus Christ was given for you. Here's what I experienced because I know Jesus. I experienced peace. I experienced peace. I experienced it because I know that Jesus Christ has died for me. And I know that God is giving us freedom from the evil one here in this world. I experience contentment. I experience purpose. And that helps me get off of the rat race of this world so that I can give myself away for the sake of an eternal kingdom. And my experience has told me this, that when people put their trust and their hope in Jesus, they experience meaningful life trans transformation, that their souls rejoice, that, that the story here in Acts isn't just a story of old, but it's a story that's happening today. One of the reasons why I've been getting involved with the jail chaplain's ministry here in the Fargo area is because I want people here in this community to experience life transformations by knowing who Jesus is. And I know many of you have gotten involved in the same way in that ministry because you see it as well. And in fact, you see it even deeper than I do. I've had some marvelous conversations with a gentleman by the name of Rod. Rod's like an awful lot of you grew up in the church. And yet he found himself behind bars when he made some really bad decisions. And it was there that he knew he needed to once more turn his life over to Christ. And God is doing some redemptive, awesome work in him and through him. And there's Will and Sean and a multitude, a host of others who've experienced this life-transforming work when they have been at their lowest, when they have been rejected, when they have done something that is wrong, God found them in their brokenness and began to restore them. If you are seeking, keep asking those questions. We have a, a, a ministry that's just starting here at Hope. Um, again, it, it's called Alpha. You heard Judy Siegley's invite in the, in, in the announcements. I'm gonna highlight that again. It is a place, it is a good place for you to ask questions. Whether you have never heard the name of Jesus and now you're beginning to wonder who he is, this is a ministry for you. Or whether you have been walking with him and you're just wondering what the next step of my faith is, 
This is a ministry where you can come together in fellowship around the word of God and around the big questions of life and keep moving on. If you are a person who is searching and you've never been baptized, this is an invitation for you to become a member of the body of Christ. I'll love to have a conversation with you about what it means to say yes to the promises of God. I know a lot of you are believers already, well along in your journey. And we're going to be talking about what it means to be a follower, what it means to, 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 to be a leader, what it means to be moving in those particular directions of faith. But I want to tell you, look at Philip. I, I, I want to say this, these are the next steps of faith for you if you, if you believe in Jesus. Look at Philip. Be filled with God's Holy Spirit. It's available to each and every one of you. Be prepared. Philip knew his holy scriptures. Understand God's word. And most importantly, be open to having those conversations with people who are searching and seeking. It happens each and every day of our lives. And we don't always know it or acknowledge it. The other day I was at a, uh, one of my kids' events and I wasn't leading and I had a really important email that I needed to, to complete and finish and send out before the night was over. And so I went and I, I sat down on a couch and I, I'm typing away with my thumbs on my phone and it's really tedious to do so. It's taking me way longer than I wanted. But it was a blessing because I heard another conversation. Have you ever been there? You're hearing a conversation which you really shouldn't be part of. I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about the conversation, but this is what it was. A man on the margins of faith was being led back into his walk with Jesus. A man on the margins of faith was being led back to the faith because another disciple was responsible to the Holy Spirit in helping him come back into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have people like him in your life. And I'm going to give you one word as the next step. Invite. Invite them to worship. Invite them into your small group. Invite them for a cup of coffee. Invite them into a helping group like grief share or divorce care or living free or something along that line. Invite, to, invite them into a time of prayer. Give them a prayer cross. Invite them to know who Jesus is. You see, Jesus' words are words of invitation. Let me read those again to you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Philip, one of the disciples, asked him, Lord, how can we know where you are going if we don't know the way? 
Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Extend these words of invitation to your family, to your neighbors, to your coworkers. Amen. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Heavenly Father, help us to be your people here in the world, extending words of invitation. Lord, for those who seek you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us reveal him to those who seek. In Jesus' name we pray.